Kai, it's the old gang back together on First Time Films. Jack Higgins, how are you? Hey, I'm not bad, David. How are you? Hey, thank you for asking. I'm okay. I'm actually, I'm all right. I'm doing okay. I had an ice cream before we started tonight. I got a Aldi knockoff, um, like double caramel, and it was lovely. It was very, very nice. It was very enjoyable. Nikki thought snacking this on a was... Budget. Yeah, snacking on a budget. Shouldn't be snacking, but I'm always on a budget. You thought this started an hour from now. How has it disrupted your nightly routine, having to start an hour really. earlier? No. Really. I just changed my bed. Ah. Me and Ryan were playing snooker earlier. Who won? Me, 3-0. Get it up him. He's the most competitive man I've ever met in my life. He He usually beats me as well when I gave him an absolute down today. Three games on the bounce? What a trick. We always play to three and it's always 2-1 to somebody. Usually I'm, and today it was a down. Now you did it. Bottom for all angles. Two games were down to the pink and black as well. Well, I actually wanted to thank you, Jack actually because well, well, wait till I tell you I was down I was down in Newcastle right visiting Rachel well, and, you mentioned right she booked this it's the first time I've mentioned it in this podcast so get it up you uh, it's this place called Leeds I can't specify this podcast yeah well I, I do a lot of podcasts I can't remember the, 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 what I've said in everyone um, went this place Lane 7 played a lot of games like darts and stuff like that Jack and you, like you talked about with Ryan Nicky, Jack would always beat me at table tennis each and every single time to the point where I did get quite good at defensive I'd be shots. At table tennis. Right. I was undefeated at table tennis. Undefeated. All right. And the competition wasn't stiff for the most Amongst part. Amongst your sisters and your My younger sisters <laughs> were the bulk of my competition. But Gibby was also there and I beat him. Not the numbers. I, Time and time again, you know, and I proved who's the bestest, who's the best, who's the biggest. Me, David Campbell, um, um, <laughs> on, on, on with the show. Um, Harry yeah, Potter. <laughs> well, well, because you built me to that point. If it wasn't for losing time and time again to you, I wouldn't be as obsessive about wanting to win at table tennis. <laughs> so, well, I'll take full credit then. Yeah, it's it's actually it's a it's a very sore point. I'm, every time I get in a table tennis table now, I'm, I'm quite an angry person. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, two thousand and two film, Chris Columbus. It was made on a budget of a hundred million. Let's play the box office game, Jack. How do you think? How much do you think it made? Oh fuck. Uh, what was it? What was the budget again? There, a hundred million. Uh, 600 million. 600 million from Jack. Nicky? Uh, what did you say the budget was? 100? 100 million. I'll go 930. You're not far away. 879.6 million. Oh, I'm uh, going to go 800. Fuck. Yeah. Jack, awesome. get it right up, you. Get <laughs> it right up, you. <laughs> well, you're a fucking idiot. Jack, you're a fucking idiot. Nick is just, just full of the wins today. He just keeps on winning and that's fine that's yeah. Monday. <laughs> no Charlie one Shane. can stop him. Bye, winning. <laughs> it's so great. Basically, picks up the last movie went off. You know, the drill with Harry Potter. It tends to be arms a second film, mate. Yeah, well, we can get up you. Uh, but this time, the Dursleys are back. 
Uh, get, Jack, I spoke about this with, with Sonny and Kat on the last show. The Dursleys in these early movies, they're always a highlight when they come out, and they really are in this one. You can quote basically everything the Dursleys say in these early stages. Was that a question? Or was that... No, just continue. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> just take the ball and you was... run with it. That's, that's what happens. <laughs> it's just the way you paused. I was like, wait, is that a question actually? <laughs> uh, now go. Cool. Definitely. Uh, they're just they're just like a pure... I don't know. They are just like a, a mirror image of um, myself, I think. Um, everything they do, you know. And I think that's why it's so easy in the first the first few th- things to to start talking like them and that you know. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know what to say about that part of the movie, Truffles. It's the Dursleys just to talk about the Dursleys. I'll be waiting to open the door like they have uh, the iconic quotes from the Dursleys here. That is iconic purely that because because when you play on Warzone with, with Sweeney and then you see it and then he says it one hundred times after that, <laughs> and there's no other option but to remember that's. <laughs> I'll be waiting to open the door. (laughs) (laughs) It's brilliant. Uh, Nicky, (laughs) plot kicks into gear. Dobby shows up. I don't know what your your thoughts on Dobby are. I've I've got a lot to say, right, about Dobby and Harry. So I've been re-watching Harry Potter recently and didn't realise how much I fucking hated Harry. He's such a wee dick. Just such a fucking wee dick. And Dobby's even worse. See, if you're trying to get somebody to not go somewhere, why would you just be an absolute prick to me? Yeah. <laughs> but I love I... this movie. I love this movie. <laughs> I just want to Let me say my piece on Harry, right, just to get out of the way. I've said okay. this to Ryan earlier on. It drives me mental because the whole first two films are basically Harry sees something that he's never seen before and then he's the best at it. That's just it. Harry sees a snitch. He's the seeker. He's the youngest seeker in a century. He's fuck. He's the chosen one. Everything happens, and nobody hates him. And see if I hand, can you imagine if I hand at Trinity or Parky? Everyone would hate him. So his new kid turned up and was like, "I'm the man now." <laughs> Malfoy hates him. Yeah, and Malfoy's made out to be wrong. I'm Malfoy's side. <laughs> Malfoy is also Malfoy is also problems. very prejudiced, Nicky. Um, yeah, maybe I'm not. I'm not on the same race <laughs> Just thought I'd, I'd remind you of there that. There is so much point. stuff though when you look at this back that now when you what you when you know what Jackie Rowling's like, you're like, that's fucking Dodgy's fuck. I this is why we just avoided talking about her uh, on, on the last pod. And I, I just like See, that yeah, to continue. I did want to press you with this at some point. I'll press you with it later. Right? So let's keep going. Okay, that's that's not terrifying at all. Uh, but <laughs> Jack, uh, iconic Harry Potter moments that the flying Ford Angular uh, pops up. Where where does this sort of rank among the Harry Potter for you? Because a lot for a lot of people, this is maybe their least favorite because it has the least iconic moments. But you have stuff like the Ford Angler and stuff like that showing up. So it does still have its fair share. But is that enough to put Chamber of Secrets up there for you as a movie? Uh, 100% Chamber of Secrets is amazing Chamber of Secrets was probably my favourite for a long time until I started I mean to. as I was getting older it was the more sort of the dark the darker side of things was uh, what appealed to me when like towards the end of the Harry Potter movies but the first I feel like that's the first one that does kind of I don't know it's sort of explores it, the, the darkness 
I suppose the dark side against uh, Star Wars mixed up here. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that. Hard to differentiate between the two. So I think I uh, you start to get the darker themes in it in that one. Uh, and it's a bit scary, I think, when you're younger. Yeah. Um, but no, definitely ranks much higher than the majority of the sort of first three or four. Fair, fair. I mean, I was terrified by this movie as we are running at the cinema. Um, yeah, I, I didn't come back to the cinema. Like, see I don't when remember it being scam on bats. When the bit when he says he makes a Tom Marvel riddle and then it goes to I am Lord Voldemort, I was like, nah, I'm, out. I'm done. Aye, that wasn't <laughs> even the scariest bit. But yeah, like, even like the bastards can that it was a bit like a bit fucking dark for when you consider the first one. The first one they were even like scared to show Voldemort entirely. Do you know what I mean? He's just a fucking yeah. black bag. Uh, so <laughs> a little floating black bag yeah. um, so I, I don't know it's the first time that it kind of gets a bit darker and you're obviously introduced to Tom Riddle yeah. and stuff as well so it's interesting that because we were talking last time because Steven Spielberg was originally attached to direct the first Harry Potter and it, we're sort of talking about how different it would be and I do think the first one maybe would have went a bit darker because he's not afraid to go into like the sort of horror elements obviously directed Jaws like you think there's sort of scary bits in E.T. with like the FBI guys and stuff shit like that as well so I think yeah. that is something that he might have done a bit better in the first one but basically he goes to the Weasleys we get to meet Arthur it's all going well Nicky they go <laughs> they go to uh, Diagon Alley However, Harry somehow manages to mess this shit up, and I don't, I don't know about you, but if someone was to give you a clear direction, like speak clearly, slowly, completely converted here, right, <laughs> Harry. Let me tell you, I do like though Arthur. Yeah, Arthur's got my favourite quote of the whole, the whole series, and that's bit where he says, "What exactly is the function of a rubber duck?" <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> the no, so the best quote in the entire series comes moments before that. When Jenny comes down the stairs and says, Mom, have you seen my jumper? And Molly replies, Yes, dear, it's on the cat. <laughs> I would love to have been in the meeting where they would have said, Right, Jenny's going to be a big character. Should we make her have absolutely no personality? That sounds great. <laughs> Keep going with that. <laughs> make her just absolutely nothing. Nope. Any likes or dislikes? Nope. Nah, none. She's just there for Harry to talk to. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, Jack, <laughs> Diagon Alley, they, they meet Gilderoy Lockhart. Defence Against the Dark Arts teachers, he's probably one of my favourites. Kenneth Branagh, what a man. Oh, Kenneth Branagh, fantastic. Um, what a performance that is, man. That's that's probably up there as one of the most iconic, because you do get, um, obviously, every movie, you've got a new Defence Against the Dark Arts. So, I think uh, Kenneth Branagh is fucking excellent in it. Um just that for the moment he's on the screen, he's fucking making you howl. So, uh, yeah. brilliant. 100%. And we'd like to talk about the what ifs, obviously. Hugh Grant uh, was the first choice to get this role. And I do think, like, it's Christmas time. Hugh and Grant I want... would have been amazing in that. No, I've disagreed now because I Kenneth love Love, actually. Better, better, but I think Hugh Grant would have been great at that. There's, there's clearly Hugh Grant vibes, but he would have been too, he would have downplayed it too much, I think. He would have been too Hugh Grant. Like Kenneth uh, Branagh really takes it up. Alan Cumming was another one who was considered. Love Alan uh, Cumming. Yeah, yeah, he would have he would have brought his love own spin Cumming. to it. <laughs> just, just love Cumming. He was busy that year though. <laughs> he, I think he was doing X two. He was Nightcrawler that year, so 
would have been would have been a busy year for for old A cum, uh, but it wasn't to be. <laughs> <laughs> but we get into the, the plot of this and Jack sort of discussing the scarier parts of this movie. Like, we've Argus Filch's cat, Mrs. Norris, she's fucking rock solid. And someone's written in the wall in blood, the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air, beware. Do you think what you're talking about, this is probably the moment you can point to and say, right, this is where Harry Potter got darker. This is the moment where things started to, to turn a wee bit. I definitely. Students are going missing. Students are fucking getting petrified. You're like, what the fuck's happening here? It's like it becomes a proper um, a real concern. Like, I mean, in a magical world where they're kind of used <laughs> to shit. <laughs> in a magical funny. world. <laughs> <laughs> a magical world. <laughs> you're, used, you're used to shit, like, going a bit wrong. And, well, fair enough, I've got magic, so I can combat that. Um, when there becomes... Somebody infiltrating a school full of full of wains, uh, and and kidnapping them and petrifying them. That's become Jack. Of... I was saying this to Truffles the other day. Who the fuck was in charge of health and safety? Hogwarts? Aye, who the fuck is kids? Students, should somebody there's blood on the wall and a cat's been petrified, and they go back to the dormitories. Just back, Aye. just go back. Nothing's happening. Back, the next no. film, there's dementors outside. They're like, don't bother them. They'll just suck the soul out of you. Just ignore them. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They're quite used to exactly. shit going wrong, so maybe that's where they're downplaying it, but then they didn't realise how fucking big a threat it is. You know? Imagine phoning your mum and dad and being like, aye, this week's been alright, there was blood in the walls, and apparently they're all in my chamber. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, right, though, because Dumbledore... Was there not a troll last year? Aye, there was a troll. <laughs> Dumbledore comes in and he's like, the chamber's been opened again, right? The thing that I don't understand... <laughs> not right, again. It's how no one in the years since the chamber was opened last... Did everyone just sort of forget about it? Like, oh, yeah. it's over. Let's just not look for the chamber. Let's let's not try and sort of preemptively solve this problem before it was to strike yeah. ever again. You know what I mean? Like, like, the Chamber of Secrets, let's just fucking leave it as it is. You know right. what I mean? Makes no sense. Like, uh, I brought you down to my level. Welcome. No, it's, it's Dumbledore's ignorance. I'm eventually siding with Lucius Malfoy, not, I repeat, not in the prejudice stuff. Like, <laughs> I agree with that. Just in the Dobby kicking. Yeah, yeah, but maybe, maybe if Dumbledore shoots him, he's explaining that. It's uh, absolutely hilarious when he says, like, where will I look? And they go, just wherever, we'll just put Dobby wherever you are. He said he's walking down the stairs and he said, so I kicked him and then hit him when he got up. And he said, and they were like, right. Go again because you fell there, and he was like, "No, no, I didn't fall." And they were like, "What were you doing?" He went, "I kicked him." <laughs> <laughs> and what was the bit at the end? And he went, "I hit him in the face." <laughs> <laughs> Absolute psychopath! <laughs> I, I kicked him down the stairs. <laughs> that's that's too funny. But Nikki, we do get some of the the first inklings we've touched on it with the Malfoys in this movie, like basically prejudice and towards Muggleborns is introduced in this film really for the first time um explicitly in the form of Draco Malfoy and Lucius Malfoy sort of looking down on and Muggleborns and stuff like that. What did you make about the sort of way this was introduced and handled? Do you think it was a good wrinkle to add in? Is that another thing that shows they're sort of growing up this year, things are getting a bit more serious? Like what did you make of that? Uh, I don't remember thinking anything about it at the time, to be honest. I don't mm. remember noticing it really. When I watched it the other, the other day, I was like, you could see how sad Hermione was. 
It's funny at this bit, no, not that the racism's not funny, <laughs> but it's funny at this bit where you can see them becoming like more like actors than the first one. They're doing it's the acting's horrific, mm. and this one is, uh, is a lot better, and it gets even better in the third one. But I yeah. do think that bit was good, and that just again, I'll discuss this later. But see the whole JK Rowling thing, all these things that I think seemed good. Now I'm just kind of like, I, I don't trust her, I don't trust why they're in there. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, but another thing, Jack, that we get that sort of adds to the lore of it is McGonagall and Transfiguration class. They managed to do the classic, get the teacher off topic, uh, and then we don't need to do work for the day. She ends up telling the, the story of the four founders of Hogwarts and stuff, and it's really the first big introduction we get to that and their relationship. Now, obviously, you are the host of FTTV on these, these feeds. Is this a story that you think if they were going to make a Harry Potter TV show, it's the four founders story that we want to see. Is this something you want to see revisited? Uh, I think you've mentioned that before. I don't know. Well, I can't remember if it was you. Sounds like a you thing, to be fair. But, uh, <laughs> I, I can tell many people do you know that would ask you what your dream Harry Potter series is. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> um, I, I think that would be a good one. I'm not sure that it would be up there in my all-time favourite. I need to have a fucking sit-down and proper think about what sort of prequel series or anything like that I'd like to see. But the four founders, you could, yeah, you could do a lot with that. I think that'd be excellent. Yeah, yeah. I mean... And, and, and yeah, and it's, it just, it does well of setting the kind of, the rest of the lore, um, especially when you're, if you've not read the books and you're watching the films and you come into the second film with that, um, starts to paint a bit of a picture of like, you know why there's houses and you know what these people's represent what they represent and what their values are and um, so yeah, it's good and there's a way that i think mcgonagall's class in the first because even when she's telling them what the four houses are in the first movie the disdain that maggie smith puts into the word slytherin it's just great. By the way, I was going to say that. How biased is she? Salazar <laughs> Slytherin. Salazar Slytherin. Like she just every single time she just like hates them, and she always looks at Malfoy when she says it. Aye. She's like, "You just represent everything I despise about that house." Like, <laughs> Maggie Smith doesn't get enough credit for McGonagall. Probably my my most underrated Harry Potter character, I think, is Professor McGonagall. Like every every time she pops up, she's always a highlight. You know, never never will get the credit she deserves. One of the first two Harry Potter characters we all see on screen, funnily enough. But you know, Stumbledore takes all the credit. You know, and that's that's what happens there. But anyway, they're all doing their investigation into all this jazz, and they get the Polyjuice potion, turn it into Crab and Goyle. Hermione becomes a half sort of cat lady. Uh, they find out Malfoy. Lo and behold, isn't to blame for this because that would have been too easy. For the second movie in a row, their detective skills are wrong. First movie, they blame Snape. Second movie, they blame Malfoy. And they end up 0 for 2. Um, but they're trying to find out what happened and they see this diary. They find this diary and Nicky, we get to go back and see Tom Riddle at school. Now, at this point, we don't know he's Voldemort, but what did you make of this sort of flashback scene? Because I thought this is always a pretty cool part of the movie. Yeah, it's cool because you can get to see Harry seeing him, and mm-hmm. they're, they're so close. Because he looks quite cool as well. Any other time you see Tom Riddle, like, you see him later on in the movies when he's younger, he looks like such a wee geek. Yeah. And this one, he actually looks cool. You can imagine him like getting followers. Yeah, 100%. Like a pure social media. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, Tom Riddle on Instagram. <laughs> Today I'm going to show you how to make the perfect. Uh, <laughs> what was Dumbledore like in class? Today, am I right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that like and subscribe button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Jack, get to it. We find Hermione eventually finds out that the monster is a basilisk. Have the whole thing, Chamber of Secrets opened. You, you alluded to it earlier, and we sort of talked about it in Philosopher's Stone how maybe something that didn't hold up in this movie all too well, uh, the first movie rather, was the special effects. Do you think the effects for the Basilisk, however, are still good when you look at it today? Definitely. I don't think it really looks at a place, and it wouldn't look at a place today. Obviously, there's, there's so much more they can do with it, but it looks, uh, I always say this about special effects for example with Lord of the Rings like when you watch the Hobbit films now and the Orcs like I prefer the Orcs in the Lord of the Rings movies with the prosthetics and like that's yeah. what I feel uh, Harry Potter's done really well and I'm um, lucky enough to have went down to London and got it well you've done it yourself did you not? Did you I, haven't been, I haven't been to London yet, what, no, no London for the yet. Wizarding, Wizarding um, Studios and you get obviously insight into all, like how they make all the costumes and stuff so even like Dobby for example in this movie like just brilliant how they've done all the, prosthet all the prosthetics for things um, yeah. so uh, yeah but the bastards I, I think if it looked too CGI or something it would just it would take away from it a wee bit I think it does really well to strike a good balance of right clearly that's that's no real <laughs> you know it's not right. um, but um, the way it reacted, kind of, and the way it like was situated. No, I think it, it is because it's a step up. Because the mountain troll, <coughs> the first one, does not look as good as the basilisk here. Um, and even Nikki, we go look at Aragog, then the spiders in the Forbidden Forest, and then Fox the Phoenix. Everything just seems to have been up to gear uh, for this second instalment, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it was definitely. I seems. I see. Just to be honest, when I watched, I didn't even think about the fact that. Um, that it didn't look good. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't think about it special effects because I just kind of watched it. I didn't even realise that they would look told. If you know what I mean? Yeah. But no. I like the phoenix and I like the bit where he gave him the sword. I had a toy of that that used to hit Chris all the time. The sword of Gryffindor. That's. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think that's the the proper use for the sword of Gryffindor. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm man. Yeah. Well, I'll, well, 100. I made that perfectly clear in the last show. Um. To be fair, the injustice that was done to Slytherin uh, at the end of the, the first movie will never no, be forgiven. Ridiculous, man. That, that, that was ridiculous. There, there should be investigations. Breaking the Movies, hearts of Slytherins. All the know. heads, apart from Snape, are all Gryffindor people, and then they're just like, ah, Gryffindor wins. Yeah, even like, oh, the, the fucking Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw are all cheering. Like, you didn't win. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't want Gryffindor to win. You just wanted Slytherin to lose. And it's, it just it comes across as better. But what can you do? Um, <laughs> Because you're horrible people. No, we're not. <laughs> Stop saying that. Like, that's he's not a, nice. He's a magically racist. No, not everyone in Slytherin is magically racist. Like, against Mudbloods. It's only, like, Malfoy, really. And Pansy Parkinson. It's kind of like, like the Rangers support. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good amount, but not all. <laughs> but as I said, you are people are kind of like... Hmm. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh well, that's 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 fair enough. Um, but get to get to the end. Harry manages to to beat the basilisk, and everyone's happy, really. But 
But I wanted to talk about how this sort of connects to the to the wider story of what's sort of going forward because Jack, we don't know in this movie that Tom Riddle's diary is actually a Horcrux. That's something we find out later on. Do you think does that make sense for you? Like in the story here, I've got a that, point about this at some point as well. I'd like you to come yeah. back to you. I'll come. I'll come to you in a wee minute. Nicky, Wait, your turn, Nicky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes. just saying because you usually just ask one person, and then the next person just a different question. Yes, Nicky, I see you. Point, I see you at the front of the class with your hand up. But let's let's let Jack answer the question first. All right, uh, Jack, what do you think about that? <laughs> what was the actual question? Uh, the Horcrux and does it does it fit or do you think basically J.K. Rowling maybe did it after the fact? Like, oh, we can make the diary of Horcrux or do you think that was always planned? Uh, I get the impression that it's always planned, to be fair. Um, I don't think you could have created Voldemort without the Horcruxes, like for the wider story. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't really know for sure or if she's ever actually explicitly explained uh, when pieces started to fall together but um no nah, I, th- I think it was uh, you know, it wasn't uh, an accident let's put it that way yeah um and yeah i think it fits really well uh, an introduction to something that seems so insignificant um but then you think back well again you think back to the second film after years and years and years of being a fan of it and you still you know realize something different or, or take a different thing from it so looking at a diary you're going right well of course he's in the diary so that's part of the soul that's a yeah, has the ability to obviously communicate with harry um through just writing and yeah, also yeah. the ability to show him things uh, show him moments in history as well um this is an interesting power that has been bestowed on an, an, an object right because uh, we see the power of horcruxes later on where we get sort of yeah, weird visions and Harry yeah. and Hermione kissing in the, in the I, forest. That's excellent. It's, it's just so weird. funny. It's just <laughs> unbelievably awkward. It's so awkward. Um, but yeah, it is weird when you think that Harry is basically texting a seventh of Voldemort's soul um, at some point in this second movie. But Nikki, what was your your thought on in the diary? It doesn't, doesn't make sense because if Harry's a Horcrux and so is Tom Riddle's diary, then why doesn't the Horcrux and Harry die when he gets stabbed by the Basilisk tongue, which destroys the Horcrux in the diary? Because... Because... Wait, so Harry's stabbed by the Basilisk tongue. The P then uses the Basilisk tongue to stab the diary, which destroys that Horcrux. But oh, at the end of the whole series, you find out that Harry himself is a Horcrux. So how nah, wasn't in the Horcrux and him destroyed by the Basilisk tongue? Aye, they can destroy Horcruxes. Like, think about how long it took Harry to actually stab the fucking diary in the first place. Yeah, it took, it took him a good But even good when number he stabbed it, it, did, it started destroying it. All the light starts coming out of him, and then he keeps Aye, going. None of that happened, and he did it. Oh, he's a Horcrux. He just gets stabbed. Well, he just got bit in the arm, wasn't he? Aye, and, and the phoenix came and healed him as well, Nicky. Well, I'm just saying it doesn't make sense. He, at that point, he doesn't seem like he has a Horcrux. No, I think that, that does Nicky, sense, so. Pikachu's tears healed Harry's arm. And <laughs> what? <that> is, <laughs> it's basically Pokemon the movie, um, is what happens at the end of Chamber oh, of yeah. Seasons, <laughs> which is a, a, a great, a great, fantastic uh, film in its own right. Um, but you've got Gilderoy Lockhart at the end. I fucking love that. 
He's brilliant, man. It's just like, he's the best character. Love that. Do you know what's really upsetting, though, is that he is cut from Order of the Phoenix because he's meant to show up. He shows up in that book. And I would have loved mm. to have seen Kenneth Branagh back. Because would it be the dispute with... What's her chops? What's her name? Umbridge. Trelawney. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, no, basically he shows up. They go to the hospital to visit Arthur. And they go to basically the ward for people who have had like spells that have addled their brains or something like that. Right. And Neville's mum and dad are there. And right. you, get to, you meet them. And it's like a really good moment of character development for Neville. But then all, all of a sudden in Pop's fucking Gildroy Lockhart uh, fucking signing fan mail, but he doesn't know why he's signing the fan mail and all that jazz, but he knows he's famous still. Uh, but doesn't know why. <laughs> so he's just saw <laughs> madness. I know. I wish we I wish we could have seen him again. Wish we could have seen him. But Nicky, Jack's already sort of talked about where he would rank Chamber of Secrets among the Harry Potter movies for him. What about you? Where where would you sort That's of say? Really? Yeah, which are, are always two of the least the lowest ranked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I have to say. Used to, I watched it so much when I was younger. Nice. What's your favourite part about it? Um, good question. When I think about this, I like when um, Pomfrey, is that what the doctor's called? I like when she slags Draco. Yeah, <laughs> Madam Pomfrey comes in, like a, a house and fire. She's like, Draco, shut up. Like, hey, yeah, you're fine. You can that's go. That's going to hurt. <laughs> Swallow this drink. <laughs> what did you expect? Pumpkin juice? Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't care. Is that pumpkin juice? Is like the tastiest thing she can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say, it copies a lot of beats from the first movie, the one I noticed that, the Quidditch, the Quidditch match. But it's basically, right, we're going to play Slytherin. Oh, something's going wrong, and then I'm going to manage Harry's to... going to save the day. I'm going to lunge off my broom at the last minute and manage to catch the snitch. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, that's, that's kind of what happened the last time. You know, and Oliver Wood can't catch a break in these Quidditch matches, man. No, that, he's always getting smashed about, isn't he? He is, and he puts so much in... Jack, do you know who Oliver Wood is? He's you at Inter and Shannon. Puts so much into the, the prep and all that jazz, and it's, something always goes wrong, you know? It's like they can never get a, they can never get a clean victory. <laughs> well, at least they get a victory. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's so true. There's right? a few on the bounce. I know, I know. But Oliver Wood, I, I was sort of, I, I did wiki Oliver Wood when I was watching it because I was like, he, he's an underrated part of Harry Potter, and he goes on and signs for a crazy team professionally. So good for him getting to oh, getting for him, good for getting him. to live out the dream. Does but the this, actor? Does the actor? Um, did he go on to do any special things? Mr. Mr. Biggerstaff. Um, let me that have him. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Surely that, we all know what he went on to do. Biggerstaff. That, that is his name. That is his name. It's, uh, I think it's Sean Biggerstaff. Yeah, Sean Biggerstaff. Uh, Biggerstaff? Yeah. Yeah. That's like an actual... A wizard's name? Like what? <laughs> I was like, why have they made his name, name the wizard 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 from bigger stuff? <laughs> his name is his all the bigger big... stuff. That's like me being called <laughs> Black Broomstick, and then they've just went, <laughs> I was going to go. <laughs> his second name in real life is Bigger Stuff, and his second name in the Western world is Woods. That man, <laughs> he doesn't have a giant <laughs> penis. Something just went horribly yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh no. Um but he went to Parkview Primary School in Summerston. Um uh, he was uh, born in Glasgow. Uh, he went on to uh, go and play, uh, be in the, the movie Mary Queen of Scots, um, Whiskey Galore 2016, and he was in a show called Urban Myths for two episodes in Sky Arts recently. So shout out to, to Mr. Sean Biggerstaff. Biggerstaff. Get you in the show. Sadder, sadder news. Uh, sadder sadder news. stuff. Sadder stuff. Sadder Harris, uh, Richard Harris, it says um, his last movie is Dumbledore. And Nikki, I want to ask you, like, what did you make of Richard Harris's performances in the first two movies? Yeah, I didn't know they were different until fairly recently. <laughs> really? <laughs> Come on. I never, I never noticed. <laughs> Come on. You're kidding. That no, is a classic answer. That's not something I'd expect of you. That is no, no, my God. Well, Jack, Nicky, sit down for a wee minute. Jack, I'll come to you. <laughs> Richard Harris, last movie is Dumbledore. Like, there's, For me, there's always the debate whether is he a good Dumbledore for the first two movies, but when it got darker, Michael Gambon was right for the role, or would you have liked to see what Richard Harris would have went on to do in the part? Oh, I mean, I'd love to have seen what Richard Harris would want to do. I really liked him in the first two, but uh, I, I guess it doesn't seem out of place the change mm. too much if that makes sense like yeah. I think also if I remember rightly there was a longer gap between the second film and the third film or was it still the same it was uh, two years two, two years because it went one yeah. year one year two oh, years two years yeah okay yeah. so yeah uh, I guess the longer time difference as well the gap between it made it a bit easier to kind of comprehend especially being younger yeah but uh yeah. yeah i guess i guess michael gammon was so good in it as well that i, I wouldn't you know i wouldn't want to take that away from him yeah no, 100%. It, certainly, it certainly would have been up to see what richard harris could have done because he was pretty class the first two i will say this richard harris would have calmly asked harry did you put your name in the goblet of fire that is that is all I'm going to say on the matter. Uh, Michael Gambon decided he saw Camley and decided right, okay, yeah. So you get it, Michael Camley. Yeah, a hundred percent. Don't worry about it, Camley. Yeah, hundred percent. Harry, did you put your name into the Governor Fire? <laughs> Shouting him! My God, fucking screaming! That was the director's fault because he hadn't read the book. Did you know? Was that? Was that why? Apparently, the director hadn't read the book. So he got so much, so many things wrong in that movie. I. We'll get to it in our Goblet of Fire episode. I think it gets a bad rap, that movie. Still think there's a lot. It's good. It just, it, I think it just ranks lower for some reason. Yeah. I think. Uh, I, I yeah. actually think it's great. I think the, the Triwizard Tournament and stuff is a, an excellent concept. It's something different, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's a lot of fuss just to get Harry to a specific location, isn't it? Ah, it's a bit, <laughs> a bit of a faff, to be fair, but still. So, didn't anyone just think, you know, just go and take him? Just go and grab him somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know, he's sleeping or I know. Like, you're in the castle. If We're all wizards, it's... can we not just do something that brings him here rather than have to do all these games? It's a huge <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, no, you need to pretend to be my tiny buddy for months. <laughs> 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 the only way we can get Harry to this little place is for you to pretend to be someone else for months and teach classes. That's a good work. 
Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. So anyway, no Richard Harris. But next time we find out that Michael Gambon, AJ and Heather are going to be covering all that stuff over there. Nikki, thank you very much for joining You're us welcome. this time. Yeah, Chamber of Secrets. Jack, off to the night shift. Off to the night shift, mate. I'm already falling asleep. I don't know how I'm going to manage this. What time did you finish it? What time did I finish it? Six in the morning. Ten to six. No, Dolly Parton never sang about that time. But <laughs> for, <laughs> for me, it's good. She was getting ridden at that time. <laughs> for me, it's good. And for everyone else, see you later.